Hey there, I'm Dr. Emily Elsner twesme from Empower to Retain, and I'm really glad that you're here today joining us to talk about the challenges and opportunities that show up when a bunch of humans try to work together. We'll talk through a story from a listener who needs some help. Today, we've got a story from a listener about online meetings, but I think the situation happens a lot in workplaces, whether it's online or in in-person. So we'll chat through some different ideas for you to try, and most importantly, we'll round out our time with some language that you can use to start a difficult conversation with a colleague if you find yourself in a similar scenario. Today, I'm joined by my guest, Adam Akalup. Adam is at, in the beginning stages of his career, um, is a manager, and also communicates on the regular with diverse audiences in a variety of different settings. And I'm so excited that you are here today help me out. So thank you. Yeah, of course. Excited to be here. Thanks, Emily. Okay. So here's a story from our listener. Hi, Dr. E. I'm a new manager and I need some help. My team meets regularly online for a group check-in meeting, but I can't get anyone to participate. Half the people have their cameras off, so I can't tell if they're actually listening. I end up talking for the entire hour-long meeting, and because no one adds anything to the conversation or volunteers to help, I end up doing all the work. I'm burned out and super frustrated that no one is helping me. Please help, Steph. Okay, uh, great question, Steph. And I think this is important to know, but you are not alone in this challenge. This happens all the time. I've got some ideas, but I also want to hear from Adam and from some of his experiences. So um, Adam, in your experience, personally or professionally, have you experienced this situation before? And most importantly, what did you learn from your experience that might help others? Definitely. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head that you are not alone in this stuff and that many people listening to this will probably be experiencing the same things. Throughout 2020 and 2021, I I facilitated so many virtual events for both work. I was music directing and doing voice lessons online. And one of the biggest pain points was not being able to see people or feel that interaction that you get in person. So feeling burned out what you kind of closed your email with is exactly how I was feeling at many points and often that I was just kind of shouting into the void a couple of things that I have found to kind of help with this is with my team specifically I have explored a lot of alternative communication methods to those online virtual meetings do the meetings need to be a full hour or could they be cut to 30 minutes Can you share additional information via email or a chat app that you maybe would be normally sharing in this meeting, but are better communicated via other methods? Exploring these different methods for communication that may engage other members of your team differently and potentially better than a video call may be one way that you can kind of start to um, see more of that participation, not necessarily in those meetings, but more participation from your team just in general. I don't know yeah, what you think, I think about that. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that's a good point because um, we our tension spans don't usually last for 60 minutes unless there's like a very specific reason that it has to be that long. So I think you are correct in questioning the length of the meeting and then also what other ways you can connect with people because... Help you so much both as a manager, but your team just seeing engagement and fostering that sense of connection Understanding, though, that there are sometimes legitimate reasons why people don't want to be or cannot use their camera. So being understanding as a manager, I think, is part of that. But still encouraging that active participation on camera involves everyone just a little bit more. And it keeps you as the manager from feeling like you're just there to entertain. And it helps the employees see that, 
oh, there are other faces on this call and people aren't just listening in and kind of going about their daily lives. I think that's a good point. You, like your job is not to be the song and dance show as the manager. Um, but also I think that asking people to turn their cameras on and then being like really clear and specific why you're asking them to turn their cameras on is really good. Like we want to see your face. We want to see how you're reacting to this. And we don't care what background you have going on or like if you have cats crawling across your desk or whatever the case is. Um, but you, but to that point that there are times when people can't have their camera on too. And so, and nor like um, I have sat through meetings where people are on the virtual call and they're driving. And that to me is like, I, that makes me super nervous. So please don't do that. It's like, just turn it off. I can hear you. That's, you can say I'm driving and I can't have the camera on. We get your commitment to the company. You don't need to be that commitment. Yeah, right. Correct. <laughs> correct. Totally. Um, okay. Another thing that I found, especially in some of the community meetups and workshops and things that I was doing, is rotate the facilitation of that meeting around so that you're not the only one on microphone. You're not the only one on camera the whole time. Think about the parts of your meeting that maybe you could delegate to other team members to have them lead. And make it about giving them an opportunity to hone their speaking and presentation skills, both in that virtual format and just in general. But then they get the opportunity to also see what the engagement feels like on their end or lack thereof and can also speak to the fact of, yes, I would like to see other people while I'm speaking to them, too, because that's an important part of our communication as humans. Right. Oh, that's that point that you brought up about um, giving people the opportunity to see what it feels like when other people don't participate. Like that's a huge part of this. I think what you talked about delegating also like points back to the idea of having an agenda before you have a meeting. So having, even if it's just like a quick email bulleted list, and if people have been around this community for a bit, you probably are rolling your eyes because I am always talking about the importance of agendas and setting expectations. But this is another like a really great place that you could have that quick bullet list. This is what we need to talk about. This is this part of the meeting is going to be led by this other person on our team. That's also a really great way to let people know what's going on, but also pass the mic so you're not the only one doing the work. And for a community board, speaking to the agenda, a community board that I'm on, we use a shared document where we put our agenda and I kind of come up with the overall structure of what we're going to be talking about. And then a week before our meeting, I send it out to people. We meet quarterly. And so I send it out to people and they have the opportunity to both comment on it as well as add agenda items to where it makes the most sense. And then ultimately we have a collaborative agenda as opposed to something that's just set. And then we end up with all of this new business at the very end that isn't on the agenda. It gives everyone an opportunity in advance of the meeting to get their say. Excellent. Because that's also um, another theme I think that runs through other issues with meetings is that certain people who are maybe more introverted or aren't as comfortable being in the limelight don't always have their voice heard. And so if you're giving people that opportunity ahead of time to like time in to get their stuff on a list that can be like super, super beneficial on so many levels. Um, okay. Think, yep. Go ahead. I think also a kind of a final, if you aren't seeing improvement in that engagement or um, more employees taking part in the on-camera activities and things, privately engaging with those team members who, who aren't actively participating in those meetings, expressing your concerns and then offering specific suggestions for their improvement 
is another way to individually engage with this issue to help bring together that group sense of accountability, that group sense of engagement, and then following up on these regularly to make sure that you're reinforcing the points that you've presented to them. Mm -hmm. So I think meeting with people for individual conversations is very valuable because it also gives you the opportunity to ask them like, hey, how are things really going? And like, is there something else that we need to be doing to help you get more engaged in what's going on? I think manager, whatever the case is, uh, a lot of information that can be a whole lot more helpful than just like seeing somebody not participate in a meeting week after week and wondering what the heck is going on. Well, exactly. And it may bring up some of those concerns for why someone may not want to or be able to use their camera. Right. Hey, my, my kids are home and I often can't tell if they're going to be behind me because I'm in the living room. I don't have an office that right. doesn't feel comfortable to share in front of a group. But maybe in that one-on-one -on -one setting, they'd be comfortable sharing that so that you understand where they're coming from in their situation. Yes. Whole heart. Yes. Okay. So I love everything Adam said. I have a few ideas and I want to know what you think based on your experience. Maybe Steph should make a list of all the things that she wants to be different in the meetings that she's having and then pick one thing to work on at a time because we also five day spread is like probably not very realistic and gets overwhelming in a hurry. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think that this is something you're kind of changing uh, the culture of what has been the norm. And a cultural shift doesn't happen overnight, doesn't happen in one single meeting. And so saying, hey, everyone, we're going to try to turn our cameras on for the first 10 minutes, and then we're going to use the chat and actively engage for the next 20, maybe is a better approach than, hey, we're going to try to get this whole meeting, everyone actively participating for the full 30 minutes. If you can start building that progress incrementally and one step at a time, it's going to be a lot easier than trying to tackle the whole problem all at once. Yep. I agree with that. Definitely. Uh, okay. And then uh, I was also thinking fixing or like working through this problem requires somebody to be vulnerable first, right? Like I think of it as, so we have two dogs and they like to chase each other in the backyard and they will get to a point where they're both laying in the grass and they're both staring at each other and they will sit like that for minutes because they're waiting for the other one to like just twitch enough that's like game on and let's go, right? And so I think sometimes that happens when you're working in an environment where not everybody gets to be super vulnerable and no one wants to show that they've got weaknesses. And so because of that, then everybody just puts on this front like, I'm a badass, um, but maybe that doesn't always, like that's not really authentically what's going on. So I think also as the manager too, even just saying like, hey, I recognize that this meeting isn't working. And so I'm wondering what you think we could do to make it better and just leave it at that and sort of like ask for input or say like, I need help to make this hap this work happen. And so how how can we work together? Um, I think sometimes that can also make a really big difference. I like that suggestion of being vulnerable, but I think also being vulnerable about how you are feeling about the situation. Mm -hmm. Because I often think that people don't understand the responsibility and the feeling of a manager in, yes. that, in your exact situation totally. where it, it does feel isolating. It feels um, you get burned out. It feels like you're performing for a group of people and expressing that may make your may resonate with your team a little bit more than 
um, just kind of handing down some sort of edict on how this is going to go from here moving forward, saying, hey, I'm really struggling with these meetings as well because I feel like I'm not I'm not being I'm not able to engage you as well as I would like to as my team. And that doesn't make me feel like a successful manager. And so talking about how you're actually feeling about it is also really important, I think. Yes. You bring up a really good point that being a manager is a lot like being on an island sometimes. And I think um, if you haven't been a manager, that's really hard to appreciate what that feels like. But um, also when you're on the island, it's you're on the island. So that can be really challenging. Yeah. Um, okay. And then my last thought was, I, it took me a long time to learn this as a facilitator because my brain and my mouth usually work on the same time span. And so sometimes it was really hard for me to learn how to stop talking. But sometimes when you're leading, it's really important to ask a question and then just let it sit. And so uh, like sometimes, and especially if you're on a virtual call because of the lag that happens as things are going, Sometimes the time that you think it would take for somebody to process what you're saying is actually the time that it takes for like them to even just like hear your voice and hear what you're thinking. And so times I have like literally sat on my hands to remind me that like I have to stop talking (laughs) and let other people talk. Um, Sometimes I have stood in a room and like actually like watched the seconds tick on a clock and and not said anything until somebody says somebody other than me says something and it's so uncomfortable it's so uncomfortable but that's sometimes what it takes to give people the process time and to give people the time to like get the courage to say something when maybe they haven't been the one to talk before And so this situation on the surface seems like, oh, just like get people to talk more. But really, there's like lots of layers and it's hard. It's this is hard work. So um, and it's not always comfortable, but you have to, I think, work through the uncomfortable parts before you can get to a point where like as a collective, you went through that uncomfortable thing and like you've come to a new understanding as a group that and that can be super powerful. Definitely. We have leaders in our organization that use eight seconds as kind of their metric Ooh. of when they stop talking to That's allow good. somebody in to speak. And if you think about in-person interactions, you're watching someone process the information that you're giving them, which then eats up those eight seconds and doesn't make it feel terribly long. But when you're alone in with just your computer and you're staring at a screen and your employees are all doing the same, that eight seconds can feel like an eternity to you, the leader. But to the employees, it it's giving them just enough time to process the question that was asked, even though it feels like an eternity to you. So know that you feel like it's an eternity, but it's it's really not. And counting to eight, if that's what you got to do to give a little bit of space, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. Okay, so I think we have, in this conversation today, we've had a lot of example language that you can use to start some of these hard conversations with your people and the people that you work with. Um, And we will type those out and have them in the podcast notes so you can use that as a place to start your conversations and start tackling the challenges that you've got. Um, I also want to give a very quick thank you to Adam for being here today. I uh, 
I adore you and I love working with you. And it's so fun to be able to collaborate like this. So thanks for being here. That's what it's all about here at CoLab. We love having <laughs> you here too. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Okay, so that's a wrap for today. Check out our Substack page at empowertoretain.substack.com for more conversation starters and relationship building questions that you can incorporate into your weekly work life. We're always interested in hearing about what challenges you're facing right now in your workplace. So send us an email at info at empowertoretain.com with the details. All right, friends, remember that creating spaces where everyone is seen, heard, and valued starts with you. You have the power to make a change in your day and be intentional about the conversations that you're having. Collectively, all this hard work is going to make a difference. I promise. Thank you.